Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to me, it's year three of Gender Z. Listen to us while we make a fuss about content with energy. Let's have a hard conversation on Gender Z. Welcome to Gender Z, I'm Bren Bartol. And I'm Michelle Leong. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about kind of degrees of oppression and... I would say this isn't like comparing traumas necessarily, um, but you know, let's back up a little bit. Where did this start? So I follow a person named uh, Caden Coleman. His Instagram is CadenXOfficial. I recommend you follow him. He's a trans black father. He's a very cool guy. And he posted a, a question that just said, are white trans people oppressed and I think that's a good question it adds a lot of it I there's a lot of I don't know nuance is the right word uh but it's it's a good thing to reflect upon and the official definition for oppression is an unjust or cruel exercise of authority of a power or something that oppresses especially in being unjust or excessive exercise of power so, when I was thinking about this question, I think, yes, white trans people are oppressed, especially in places where, you know, there are, like, bans on trans kids, and that affects all trans kids, regardless of their race. However, I think non-white trans people, like black trans people or Asian trans people, are more oppressed than white trans people because that's the whole thing with intersectionality is like, I have to deal with all the queer phobia and stuff, but I don't have to deal with racial prejudice, racial bias, um, systemic racism. Um, and like, that's, that's the whole point of intersexuality is I think, you know, like that's why black trans women is like, that's why it's so important for us to protect black trans women, which I don't know that and not everyone does because, you know, they are, I think, the most vulnerable within the trans community um, because when you see in the news, like, trans women have been murdered, it is typically trans women of color. Um, and it's typically trans, black trans women. So I think, I think like, like, in the whole, like, you don't, you're not supposed to compare traumas like, oh, well, I had it worse. But I think it is still helpful to recognize there are different degrees of oppression because while I experience one, I don't experience like racial oppression, you know? I do think that like, I think comparing traumas is maybe like, it's not like the best phrase to kind of like sum all all of this up. It's more like just like layers, like what you were telling me, layers of oppression, because it looks very different, like regardless of like race anyways, because like, I feel like it's really, like, yes, there's a lot of, like, cultural ties to certain things that, like, different people, like, people of color would face, um, like, culturally, but also, like, individually, too, because there's so many, like, there's just so many things that make each person, each family, and each, like, group different. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, yes, there's a lot of commonality in, like, you know, some of the oppression that, like, trans people face or just, like, the entire LGBTQ um, community, but I will say that, like, it, 
like just like talking to some people and sort of like seeing um like what like asian lgbtq um people kind of like go through um still looks very different across the board like just talking to like my friends or like family members it's there's a lot of like commonalities and stuff that they face but it's still very different yeah and that's that's a such an interesting thing i think as well um to because i feel like when we talk about or when black people are, are discussed in the media i think generally they're talking about black people in america at least in like american media mm-hmm, right um, but if you're talking about african people africa's massive africa has all these different countries and cultures and and stuff and i think that's similar to asia because um, when you're talking about asian americans i think you know the fact that they are asian american living in america that's a shared commonality but at the same time the culture of their family is probably different from another one because again, Asia, massive place. And there's a bunch of different countries and ethnicities and nationalities. Um, So it is definitely different. And maybe you can speak more to this, Michelle, is that it seems like what I've observed, at least in, in media is different, like Asian people like hate, other asian people you know yeah it's it's very true um at least like well if we were to like talk about like just sort of like the history i would say like we have a much tighter knit community now because like asian americans like all types of asians are like kind of like just coming together and being like hey like you know (laughs) we're asian Mm -hmm. um like I would say a lot of people from, like, my parents' generation, they have a lot of, like, racial bias and, like, prejudice against, like, mm-hmm. other, like, Asian races. Like, yeah. it's very common in, like, their generation versus, like, our generation. We're like, well, we love that you're Korean or whatever. Like, we love that you're Korean-American. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, someone, like, from our parents' generation would be like, no, we don't, like, we don't like them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it just has, it has a lot to do with like, you know, just like the immigrant experience and going through like war and stuff like that. But, um, and like, I think that's another thing that sometimes I think people assume that because you have that shared commonality, you're going to, you know, you like each other, you're best friends with each other or whatever, which isn't true. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing with like Asia is it's. It is massive. There are billions of people. Like China has one billion people in it. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Not every Chinese person is going to like each other. And also, like throughout history, there have been wars within Asia, you know, with other Asian people. And that's that's just how history works. I think because we're only gonna, I'm only gonna speak to American, <laughs> the American experience because I I can attest to other ones because I haven't lived in them and I. And yeah, (laughs) and yeah, Uh, but like, I think the thing is with white trans people is before people know that we're trans, because that is something that like, some people are like, oh, it's so obvious. And then I'm like, wow, you are not a good person. Um, And I do think 
some trans people are, you know, pass better than others, which in itself is a whole thing of like, well, we shouldn't have to pass. But because of that, a lot of the times people see, you know, that's something we have to tell the person. It's not something people see. So the first thing that people see is that we're a white person. And in being a white person comes, you know, all the all of, of, of white privilege. And even if you are actively working to get rid of your racial prejudice and, and help communities of color and move people within your own family and stuff to be less racist and stuff, you still benefit from white privilege. That's just the truth. Um, and it's the way our society is set up. While with like a black trans person or an Asian trans person, wow, a Persian, I, I, I need to work on my diction, goodness. <laughs> it's early, it's very early, I get it. <laughs> um, or a Hispanic, you know, person. The thing is, the first thing that people see is the color of your skin. And they see, and I think for people who do have racist bias and, or are, because I think a lot of people don't try and be racist, but they do have racial prejudice and bias. I think a lot of people do. Um, and then there's some people who just genuinely are very racist people. Um, hey, it's true, you know? Uh, and uh, because of that, I think, you know, that honestly, I, I, would, I would stipulate that that is a more impactful oppression at times than being a trans person um maybe like initially because you were saying how like you know when you look at someone you immediately like something in your head goes oh they're white or they're asian they're Mm -hmm. hispanic they're black like yeah like that immediate like light bulb kind of goes off so like initially yeah and i don't think noticing that in itself is problematic um honestly i think noticing that could be helpful because you can then be more sensitive to issues that they may face, like systematic oppression, systemic racism. It's a very big one in this country. <laughs> um, <laughs> we could go on and on. Um, and I think then when you couple that with being a trans person, that's like two reasons that society or people would go against you. Um, and that's that's why we're talking about degrees of of oppression, layers of oppression, because I like I am a white trans person. I am not racially oppressed. That is not something that happens to me. Um, but you know, in in the context of of this person I follow, Caden, he's a black trans person, and he. So he will face both of them just because he's black and just because he's trans, which in itself is messed up. We don't, we don't, we don't support the oppression at all. Um, but it is important to, you know, that intersectionality is really something that cannot be ignored because it does affect a lot of people and how they view and interact with the world. Even, you know, just by that one factor, is a massive change of how I interact with the world because I am not a black person living in America. So that's like a a super 
huge thing because when when Caden posted that, he got a lot of backlash from a lot of people. And Caden didn't even like say what he thought. He just was like, "Here's a question." Think yeah, like it's, it's open for everyone to kind Your of squad. think about. Mm-hmm. And he lost a ton of he lost like 400 or something followers like just from that. Um because people automatically assumed he was saying no white trans people are not oppressed. Um and even white trans people would reach out to him and be like, how dare you? And he was like, I didn't say anything. Because um, that's another thing. I think I think it's definitely been called out in the, the gay community of just because you're a gay person does not mean you're not racist or you don't have racial prejudice or bias. Um, that's how that works. <laughs> Um, and you know, it doesn't give you a pass if you're like a white gay person. And I don't think it's talked about as much in the trans community, but you can still be racist and trans. <laughs> like the two are not, they don't like depend upon each other. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, cause like the truth is anyone, like yeah. everyone, not anyone everyone has some sort of racial bias prejudice Mm -hmm. like everyone has it like it's not like one group of people have it or one group of people don't it's not it's not like that everyone does Mm -hmm. and i would stipulate as well that white people specifically um because you know Anyone can be racist, but I think white people have a lot of issues with it. Um, I think I would stipulate that, like, the kids who went to my school, like, all the white kids who went to my school have some sort of, have at one point in their life had racial bias or prejudice. And that's not necessarily their fault. The way that society has been structured and the way that representation or lack thereof, or then also family ties, um, and also we live in a very white area that it's not a stretch to develop those but if you're actively like i can't think like that i need to work on that and you're working on it and you're dismantling it that's awesome um but i would i would i just think it's it's likely you know that people Mm -hmm. that white people that most people have some sort of racial bias because even if it's no longer, at some point in your life, especially white people, I would, I would say probably at one point in their life have a racial bias. Um, especially in like America. I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stip, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comment on other societies because I, I've lived there, I don't know. Um, but in America, it is, you know, even though I don't think white people are the majority, <laughs> it's they still hold all the like the power mm-hmm. in a bunch of systems and stuff. So, and when you grow up and you're a white kid and that's all you see, yeah. And I mean, if you're a white kid and you grew up in a community of color, that's a whole different situation. And so you grew up in different circumstances, but like people around where we live grew up in a predominantly white area. And I think that is um, when, when 
not carefully examined and when not when people are not careful it could turn into a breeding ground for other issues um but i think in general where we live is not a breeding ground i would hope it's not perfect don't get me wrong it oh, ain't yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah we got we got stuff to work on um but i think it's not it's not like white kids saying the n-word at school every day yeah no um we gotta yeah but um i think one of our episodes we talked um we talked a little bit about like um like family influences yeah so like just kind of tying back to what you were saying about like people like developing like sorts of like prejudice or like racial bias or whatever um a lot of it like just it's just so powerful in like Mm -hmm. older generations and stuff because it really carries with you um and I think this has, like, this kind of connects back to, like, our original topic about, like, intersectionality and, like, layers of oppression, because I was talking to, like, I was talking to one of my family members about this, and we were just kind of talking about, like, how, like, how it has reached this sort of point, mm-hmm. um, and, like, just a little, just for context, um, she was, like, talking about how, like, you know, came out kind of Mm -hmm. tried to explain it Mm -hmm. um but they swept it all under the rug and i think that's i think that's a very common thing in like asian families um they don't like talking about these sorts of things like it's very taboo um and i know other families aren't like that like some families are like you know it's fine we accept that but i think for a lot of like asian families um i will say that like just coming out is like taboo and like they don't see that they're like nah Mm -hmm. kind of like no way or like that's no no Mm -hmm. that's like sort of their reaction and like talking with like other people like friends um other family members things like that i've always asked them what happened right like you you told them you had the courage to good job go you but then it's swept under the rug yeah it's like ignored like Mm -hmm. that conversation didn't even happen Mm -hmm. like that's kind of what a lot of like i think like asian american families here experience Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like let's just say your family was like more religious or like they're like no absolutely not and they're like very adamantly like no on Mm -hmm. there could be a lot of other things that could happen um but like I would say commonality would be sweeping under the rug, all those types of things. And sort of going back to what I was saying about like, just, you know, your parents or older generations or whoever having like an influence on you. I will, I will say that when I was talking to like this person, um, she was telling me that she was like, Hey, like, I know that like, she's like, I know I'm lesbian, but when I was growing up, I had like prejudice against the LGBTQ community yeah. because of my parents. Like I thought that it was weird. I thought it wasn't right. But now it's like, no, 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 no. You grow up and you have sort of, you know, you do your own thing. Yeah. 
so it it just has such like it has a such such a huge impact um so i think a lot of i feel like a lot of people in different communities go through this sort of same thing you know yeah that would be a difficult queer realization i i well it would because you're like you're like well i don't like them oh but i am one oh but i'm not supposed to like them like that would be a lot of inner turmoil that would be rough I'm grateful that I did not have that because that would be I I had enough going on. <laughs> that would be that would be so hard. Yeah, and I think I think you know, like you mentioned with the religious factor, I think there there's a there's definitely a shame factor of oh no, what will God think of me that I have led my child astray? Um, mm-hmm. But also, I think just in general, there's a fear factor as a parent um, that I think part of it is, you know, cultural and and religious and like, oh no, what will other people think of us? But I think also part of that fear factor is now I'm scared for my child and that doesn't justify any poor reaction. Um, I think that's just, that could be part of the thought process behind it. Um, Because it's really, it's really, it's really too bad because I think in general, they're like, yeah, I, I, I still love you and I still want to love and I still want to love my kid. I'm just scared too, you know, like I'm scared of the repercussions for me. I'm scared of the repercussions for you because um, I, I imagine regardless if your parents are accepting or not, having a queer child is not, you know, without some sort of worry. I mean, I think all parents worry about their kids, but I think especially if your kid is queer, you know, you know immediately that makes your kid different. And you don't want your kid to have trouble because of that, you know? That's a really good way to put it. I think a lot of parents need to hear that. Like, someone just say that out loud. (laughs) Like, it's totally fine to worry about your kid and be scared for your kid. It's not okay to be a... to be a bad parent because it's not okay to be to like just ignore your kid of it or to forget or like you know because even if you are worried about it it's still your kid's reality and ignoring it does not change the fact that it's your kid's reality (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm glad that we kind of went into the segue about like just like parenting and like reactions because I feel like that has like so much to do with like every single person who like comes out like because obviously like the first people that you you know you want to like accept you are your parents like your family um but you know like obviously it's it's very different in every single family culture you know it's just very very different um but like what you were saying about like you know like parents being worried and stuff like that like a lot of i know that like a lot of arguments um because we were talking about like layers of repression like it's just like a lot of like the the reactions like sweeping under the rug is like the final Mm -hmm. like you made it very obvious you've said what you've had to say and then like the final the final like part of the conversation quote-unquote conversation swept it under the rug Mm-hmm. pretended it didn't happen say okay i'm done talking about this yeah that's kind of like the final swoop right but like before that like i think 
I think your argument really stands about how like they're like concerned about you but they also don't know how to like communicate that or like talk about you know how like oh like I'm I'm just like scared like about the repercussions that both of us might face Mm -hmm. from like just even like other family members or like yeah you know your friends I don't know like things like that right but like if you're part of a like a a faith group mm -hmm. and that gets out that can sometimes be very scary to see what mm-hmm. your faith group says because some faith groups are like totally chill and other faith groups are not totally chill with queer people just gonna be frank yeah i mean no you're right um so i think like some of the some of the things that i've like heard just pretty ridiculous um like oh um that's not like that's not right um you should just not yeah like it's not you know it's like hey this is not a choice like this is not this is like me you know this is my life right and that's sort of like the argument that like happens between like a lot of um like asian people that i've seen yeah um or like some of the stories that i've like heard you know the argument is very like oh no 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 you're not um i think you're confused Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't think so i don't know and then obviously other person would be like yes i do know yeah like there's that's me like and usually when I like talk to these people I'm like so like what like what do you want to do now and they're like I just hope that they'll accept me like in the long run like just like kind of like acknowledge that because in like deep down inside it's like your parents obviously like care about you they love you like you said you know they're afraid for you and sometimes that really does make them like a bad parent you know when they don't know how to like with that and that's where I think you know the oh no you're not comes from because you know they see how that group is treated and are like well I don't want that for you um which is fair but also not quite the way to fix that um yeah and you know the whole sweeping it under the rug too is a very it's a it's a actually I think quite a strong tactic to end the conversation because you are then taking what is not your conversation to lead and taking control of it so that it can make you more comfortable or more fitting because that's the thing too is like I think going back to your you know connecting back to our original topic um, I think there are people who would be more comfortable with me because I am a white trans person opposed to a trans person of color simply because I'm white. Um, Now, that's not true for everyone. I know that I think in general, um, like if you're not a white person and you see another non-white person, then you're like, (laughs) you and me. (laughs) If you're like in a spot where you're like, "Mm, it's, I'm not comfortable. That's so funny, though. Sidebar. Sidebar! (laughs) Um, uh, To a slightly serious topic, I went to the eye doctor the other day, and, like, it was, like, a new eye doctor, and they, like, moved locations. And, like, the old doctor I saw wasn't there anymore. So I had no idea who I was going to see. I just knew it was one of the doctors there. And then, and I I think I was a little on edge, because I don't like stuff near my eye. I just don't. Especially when I am not the one controlling it. And, like, they do that test where they shoot air in your eye 
Oh yeah, the pressure. Ugh. Oh, I hate that one. I hate that one so much. I hate it so much. I hate I it so much. It just makes me like, ooh, <laughs> like jump back in my seat a little. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't like stuff near my eye. Like whatever, I like, like that's why I don't do eye makeup because I'm like, don't get near my eye. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when somebody, I was putting on makeup for a show and somebody was like, ooh, can I do your mascara? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're like, I'll do it if anything. If, like, I, if somebody's going to poke me in the eye, it's going to be me. Um, <laughs> but I was kind of on edge. And then the doctor walked in and it was a woman. And just like this flood of relief that went through me. Because automatically, I am more comfortable with women than I am with men, I think. Especially if I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Because I've had too many encounters. And um, <laughs> I live in a society where my entire life I've been told be wary of men. I mean, whoever's telling you that is not wrong. They are giving out good advice. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, anyway. But I think, so, like, there's that commonality. Like, if you are more comfortable with female doctors, like, I'm more comfortable with female doctors than male doctors. Heck, right. yeah. Um, and also because there's all these, like, horror stories of, like, male doctors abusing their patients patients anyway anyway <laughs> you know so i think i think that's true like also in, in aspects of like if you are uh like like another trans person and you see somebody that you know is another queer person at an event that you're maybe not so comfortable with, you're like oh okay got it or you like, just have someone in your community you know someone that, that you're like i i vibe i trust exactly. or like you know we have something in common, you know, things yeah, like that. Or whatever. Exactly. And you may not be best friends, and that's chill. But that's you know also getting... what we should probably talk about. Like, but you're not best moment. friends with every single person in your community. Oh no. Like, no. especially, like, if you were at that specific event. Like, if I see, like, one Asian person at, like, an event, mm-hmm. and, like, there's not, like, a ton of Asian people there, I'm not going to be, like, I'm going to be, like, yay, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But you're but not like, no, they're not. Them. You're not best friends with them. Like that's no. not. I think a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, like there's someone like Asian there, and like you can be friends with them. Like, nah, yeah. no. that's not how it works. No, and I mean, I think, I think having friendships based on those shared commonalities is definitely very wonderful. Um, but it does mean you have to be best friends with queer people. I put a reel on our Instagram lately that was like, you don't. Yeah, have I know. Touch on that. There's some people that I love who are queer there's some people who i like that are queer there are some people who i think are so annoying who are queer like there's like there's this kid that went to our school oh gosh and i remember somebody was like why don't you like them is it because they're trans and i'm like no i don't like their personality (laughs) like i think they're annoying (laughs) it has nothing to do with their gender it's their personality (laughs) yeah because like the commonality is like that's like a perk yeah like that I would say like that's just like nice because they understand a part of you that not everyone else understands, right? Exactly. Like, it's a perk. But like that doesn't mean it's everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's not gonna be the sole reason I become friends with them. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like I think of it like cake, you know, like it's nice to have some sprinkles, some candy or candy, Jesus. Frosting you candy on the cake. Yeah, I guess. I mean whatever decor right on your cake it's like that's not the main thing yeah it's nice but it's like, not the actual cake exactly 
So I'm like, yeah, I, I was like, I, we have to touch on this because you put that reel on an Instagram. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, we got to just. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, too, is even if I don't like somebody that's like that I know is queer or whatever, I'm not. I saw this and I think it's so important is like if I saw a woman that I like that I didn't like. Because, you know, I think I, you know, I don't I don't discriminate with gender with people I don't like. There's some men I don't like. There's some queer people I don't like. There's some females I don't like. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the like, especially if it's a queer person or it's a it's a woman, um, you know, if it's basically not a white, a white straight man, if I think that we are in an unsafe place, I'm not going to leave them there. If, like, I think they're unsafe or they clearly are unsafe due to other people in the room, I'm not going to leave and leave them there to their own devices. Like, even if I don't like you, I'm not going to do that to you. That's awful. <laughs> and I think that's really important because I saw that, like, I think that's something that maybe maybe some some people could learn from because like if you're a woman and you see a woman you don't like but you're in a room full of men that you don't trust you're not gonna leave that woman there alone yeah it's kind of like that like the code you know it's the code exactly you know yeah yeah because i'm glad i'm glad like different communities have that you know i'm I'm glad we all have that but yeah that's such a douche move to do that to somebody I know it's it's just like really petty it's horrible like let's be let's be good humans yeah let's be good humans once you get out of the situation you may part ways but while you're in the situation do each other a solid Mm -hmm. yeah keep an eye out be a good human i like that we should put that on a shirt let's be good humans it's like yeah it's pretty obvious but you would think, but some no. people some people really need some help remembering that, you know? <sighs> and and like people who I think generally aren't very good people who I interact with, I'm like, what trauma response is this manifesting from your childhood? Like how did you grow up that you didn't view kindness as a good thing and it didn't help you survive so you didn't place importance on it like what what happened to you you know that is like honestly we should we should probably do an episode about that kind of stuff Ooh, yes, we, should. we can totally go in depth about like obviously like more intersectionality like more of like parents and generations and things like that and then kind of touch mm-hmm. about like how different traumas manifest in mm-hmm people of color people oh, in the yeah. LGBTQ community like we can totally do an episode on that because yeah. sometimes a big big factor because i think i think the way you're up you're brought up definitely like you know parents influence affects how you interact with other people oh, of course and if people are like yeah i don't like you and that's a common thread that tells me something in your upbringing happened but also you know i i will be honest sometimes people just suck you know, there's this one. There's this one guy <laughs> who I really don't enjoy because he is uh, quite transphobic and just in general not a very nice person. Um, 
and he I love his parents his parents are so nice so I'm like what happened with you <laughs> yeah or like when like my childhood bully he oh, gosh. I loved his sisters his older sisters were so nice he was so mean <laughs> And I, you know, I think there are some people who do enjoy being mean, but I think in general, people who are not very nice, there's a reason for that. You know, they're brought up where they, they need to not be nice. They need to assert dominance because it helps them survive and thrive. Um, and honestly, I've kind of feel bad for those people because I'm like, you like like that upbringing clearly isn't one where a lot of importance was put on kindness and and because because like you just don't i just it's like that's that seems hard there's gosh there's always like so there's so many different things you know it's like are they being mean because they can yeah um because they're with like a group of like horrible friends who are like that or yeah that's a big factor too yeah Oh, we get. I feel like we'd have so many stories to tell. Um, just, and just with that, <laughs> I could tell you stories just about those two boys. Oh gosh, for, for days. I don't interact with those two boys anymore. Clearly, I haven't interacted with one of them in years because I think he moved, mm. and then the other one didn't go to high school with us. Okay, okay. So I didn't have to interact with them either. You're like, no thanks. Yeah. Also, okay. your haircut is like fire. Oh, thank you. Y'all thank can't you. see this, but like, <laughs> I, I keep forgetting. I'm like, we're, we're I'm like, I, I can see Bren. Bren can see me, but the rest <laughs> of our audience can't right now. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if somebody you follow asks a question like, are white trans people oppressed? Maybe just think about it before attacking the person. Yeah, because I would assume that this, like, Kaden mm-hmm. put this on their Instagram just to, like, you know, have give a little discussion question and, like... Yeah, like, it wasn't meant to be a reason to fight with people on the internet. God. <laughs> and, you know, that immediate anger you might feel, maybe, maybe take a deep breath. Oh, yeah. So you can be like, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. yeah. So you know, think about it, mm-hmm. and, and you know, acknowledge that where you got privilege. Acknowledge your intersexuality. Acknowledge other people's intersexuality, and how it might make their life a little harder than yours. <laughs> be aware. Yeah, be aware. Um, and just you know, be more like, just be more nicer to people. Like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Be nice to people. It's not hard. It's really not. It's um, really easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, j- just, like, don't say the things that you think. You're like, yeah, this this is kind of mean, but I'm going to say it. Just Yeah, if you think this is kind of mean, maybe don't say it. Yeah, I'm like, maybe don't. I'm like, maybe keep that just... between, like, you and, like, your best friend when you guys are, like, bantering about something. But Yeah, but if yeah. it's somebody who's in one of your classes... And none of your, and you never interact otherwise. Don't say it. <laughs> Oof, if only we could tell all those people. <laughs> like, hey guys. 
take a chill pill. You're going in, you're going, <laughs> imagine if there was like a timeout chair for being mean. <laughs> you know what? I wish they kind of like did something like that just to like encourage people not to be mean. Yeah. You're in a timeout chair because you're being mean. Because like, they have that kind of stuff when we were in like in kindergarten. They're yeah. Like, oh, if you're like saying something mean and you're making someone cry, it's like you're going to sit in the timeout chair. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> And you know, you can have discourse about subjects that you don't agree with when you're talking to somebody who has a different stance than you and still be respectful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, obviously, I mean, it's what, what I call it, trouble to trauma because, like, when you're younger and you say stuff, like, yeah, it's not that deep, you know? A lot of times yeah. it's like, okay, it's probably not good. A um, little concerning for a kid to say that. Um, but, you know, as you as you get older and you're, you know, just living your life in society, um, it really becomes trouble to trauma. It's yeah. not the opposite. It's really not the opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't ruin your day or someone else's day by being mean. <laughs> yeah. Just don't ruin people's day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> people need to hear that. <laughs> For real, though. All right. I think yeah. that's kind of all I have for yeah. this. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about trauma and other stuff for our mm-hmm. other episodes. So We'll get back to you with it. Yeah. So be safe. Be kind. Take care of yourself. Surround yourself with your family and friends. People you love. Yeah. And, and remember, remember, the, the tiny, tiny space potato, potato believes, believes in you. you. Find us on Instagram at gen.dir.z. Please reach out if you have any inquiries. Today's episode was brought to you by Bren Bartal and Michelle Leong. Thank you for listening to Gender Z, and we hope you tune in next time.